Hello and welcome along to the Southampton Audio Programme for today's fixture against Plymouth Argyle. In today's issue, we have an update on the Southampton women's team. We'll look over the opposition, but first, a word from your manager. Dear Saints fans, welcome back to St Mary's for our final game of 2023 as we host Plymouth Argyle in the Skybet Championship. I hope you have felt a lot better about the second half of the year than the first and feel greater connection to your club and the team on the pitch as we continue to learn and move forward together into what will hopefully be a really exciting new year for us all. Today we host a Plymouth side in a period of transition following the departure of manager Stephen Schumacher last week. Stephen did a fantastic job there, leading them to the League One title last season, and I'm sure they will wish him the very best of luck at Stoke, but I'm also sure that everyone would have been disappointed to lose him. As a group of players, they've been together for quite a while and experienced a lot of success together. And you can see that from their last two performances, that they're rallying around each other and will come here to St Mary's and work extremely hard as a team and try to do things their way. We know how tough it will be from the game against them earlier this season at Home Park. For us, it's about bringing the same energy and aggression that we brought in the second half against Swansea here on Boxing Day. To follow up the four goals we scored in our previous home game against Blackburn, with five against Swansea was an outstanding effort from everybody involved. I felt we played well in the first half. We stole the ball a lot, but couldn't quite capitalise on those opportunities. We were just lacking two or three yards of aggression, with and without the ball. We showed the guys some stuff at half-time where we felt improvements could be made, and the way they carried out those instructions was just incredible. We scored the second goal quickly after the restart when Sam Adozi was rewarded for pressing the goalkeeper into a mistake and what pleased me after was the way that we never took our foot off the pedal. The subs that came on helped us give the extra intensity that we needed. All five had a significant impact on the game and I was really grateful for what they gave us, all coming on with the attitude of being desperate to take their opportunity. The way all the players celebrated each of their goals, whether they were on the pitch or not, is a big compliment to the group that we've got here. I absolutely love the feeling we have here at the club at the moment, with everyone fighting for each other and wanting their teammates to do well, even if they're in a competition with each other. That's an amazing feeling to have in the dressing room. Between those two home games, we kept another clean sheet as we dug in for another equally important win away at QPR. That was a less free-flowing performance on a tough, tight pitch. There were still some brilliant moments of quality with the ball, but I was really proud of the players' willingness to run and battle, how well they did the ugly side of the game to restrict a team that was in a very good run of form at home to very little in front of goal. That's five clean sheets in seven matches now, which is another area in which we've made massive strides together as a team. Your support at Loftus Road was amazing. We loved celebrating that win with you at the end of the game, especially our captain Jack Stevens with his busted lip. To then come home to two sellout crowds over Christmas is really incredible and something we do not take for granted at such an expensive time of year. We march on. Women look ahead to 2024. Unlike the men's side, Southampton FC women will be winding down for the Christmas period with competitive action set to resume in the new year. Saints go into the Christmas break off the back of a frustrating 1-0 defeat to Durham at Maiden Castle Sports Centre. With 45 mile an hour winds battering the teams, the home side scored an added-time goal to send Mary and Spacer Kale's side home empty-handed. However, there's plenty to play for in 2024, with not only the Barclays Women's Championship looking tighter than ever, but also the Adobe Women's FA Cup and Continental League Cup action in the pipeline. Ahead of the return to action, here's a few of the standout fixtures to look out for in the new year. The magic of the Women's FA Cup has seen Saints draw against fellow Barclays Women's Championship side Sunderland away from home. Having flown under the radar ahead of the season, 
Mullaney Rees side have cemented their place in the top three heading into the Christmas break, and they also secured a 1-0 win over Saints down at St. Mary's. Now there's a place in the fifth round proper at stake, as well as confidence for the subsequent league game in early March, which could be a key fixture in Saints' potential promotion push. Saints' Conti Cup qualifying campaign so far has conjured some of the side's top performances. A record-breaking crowd against Arsenal, a last-minute winner at Reading, and a bonus-point penalty drama at Bristol City. It's already been quite the journey. The final piece of the group stage puzzle comes in the form of the women's Super League side Spurs, who will take on Saints at Eastleigh FC. With a chance of qualification as best runner-up still in the offing, the match is set to be another tough test against an experienced side. It was a seven-goal thriller in front of a record crowd at Palace's Selhurst Park the last time the two sides met. Saints came away winners courtesy of a late Cater Wilkinson header, but the reverse fixture will provide another difficult test which could be critical in the promotion push. A rocky start to this season had many people wondering where the Birmingham side that stormed the table last season had gone, but they're the side at the top heading into the Christmas break. Birmingham broke their losing streak against Saints, providing a professional 3-1 win at Snow Stadium and haven't let up since, with five wins in five in their last games, including a 3-0 win over third-place Sunderland. Sunday 28th of April, Barclays' Women's Championship game will be the final game of the season and it comes in the form of an away clash at Charlton Athletics' The Valley. Saints are yet to take any points off Charlton in all competitive meetings, but this game could be key in the final table standings. Almost six months into his time at the club, the first signing of Southampton's new era is beginning to feel at home on the south coast. Ryan Manning allows himself a reflective smile as he recounts his first few months adjusting to life in Hampshire after he completed his well-speculated summer switch back in July. The first two months we were in a hotel, which was tough with a little one only four or five months old, but we're all settled in now in Winchester, he says. We were able to look forward to Christmas, the first Christmas with a little baby, and Santa back in the house, so yeah, it's been good. On the pitch, his experience of life as a Southampton player was somewhat similar. Tough in parts by his own admission, but a lot more comfortable as the first half of the season wore on. It's been a quick six months, he chuckles before admitting. It took a bit of time for us to settle at the beginning of the season. We had a few good results, but a little blip for four games or so. And we're on a 14 or something unbeaten run and we're just trying to rein in the teams ahead of us. I think from a personal point of view, I had a poor performance that meant the manager had to rotate the squad, especially when people are knocking on the door trying to get in. It just shows the standard within the squad that you have to be on it every single week or else you come out of the team. That's only going to make myself and all the rest of the boys in the squad better players. Those collective standards have notably grown and improved as the first half of the season has evolved under Russell Martin's leadership. Manning, of course, was well-versed in Martin's practices, having shone under his guise at Swansea City before joining him at Staplewood in the summer. The pair were reunited in July when Manning became Saints' first summer addition. The move took some time to materialise but was an eventual no-brainer in the Irishman's words. When Russell was linked, we spoke in the summer when I was leaving Swansea about what potentially could happen, but we kind of left it for a little bit, he recalls. Then I did interest from a few clubs in the Premier League and Championship, but when the gaffer got the job here, it was sort of a no-brainer to try and continue playing the style of football with him. It's a style that, once you're used to, it, it's hard to go and play any other style, so I was keen to continue working with him and continue trying to develop and hopefully get to the Premier League. Was there any pressure on the fullback shoulders being the first edition of a new era? 
as one of the division's most sought-after players? Not really, it turns out. I think the standard of players here was so high that the transition was always going to be as easy as it could possibly be, Manning explains. It was just about coming in, trying to integrate into the squad, and I think we've come together quite a lot since. You can see the camaraderie around the training ground between the boys, the staff and everything. I feel like there's a real feel-good factor around the place that's probably beginning to transfer across to the pitch on Saturday with the performances. The 27-year-old's transition to Southampton life was helped by knowing the management team already, and he was described by Martin upon signing as a really important member of our group at Swansea, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. In on-the-pitch terms, Martin praised Manning for being an outstanding footballer who was a brilliant understanding of what we want, which put the fullback in a unique position when he arrived. Despite being the newest face in the squad, he was instantly on hand to help his new teammates adjust to their revamped style of play. At the beginning, I needed to help a little bit, but there's so much detail that the manager and the staff give. We have a meeting every single day, so there's not a lot that they don't give to us. So at the start, there might have been a couple of questions here and there, but certainly all those questions will be answered by the staff too, he explained. The staff are really approachable. They do so many team meetings, unit meetings, individual meetings. They do graph to make sure we know what we're doing. I think as a squad, we've taken to it really well and the competition is so high, now all the people understand it. You can see people coming in and out of the team. I've been in and out of the team myself and people have come off the bench and had impacts. During that aforementioned blip at the start of the campaign, Manning was another vital cog in the Martin machine, having already been through a similar situation. I've been here before with Swansea, under the manager where we've had a sticky spell, where the performances were good, but the results weren't. But, you know, sort of about the momentum. Momentum is massive in football, especially in the championship, because it's so relentless. It's probably a big character-building time for us as a squad, and I think every team will have their blip. That was four games where we were unlucky in a couple of them, and a couple of them were poor performances, but we've come out the other end. Manning and the squad reaped the benefits of their work as they impressively rolled into a 16-game unbeaten run, the club's longest stretch without a league defeat in more than 100 years. It's a really good reaction, Manning described, and I think as the season goes on, we're just hoping that the teams above us have their blip and we continue to just push on and get better and stronger. I think everyone's starting to believe in what we can do, and I think the fans are getting behind it now too. They probably had a bit of a sticky spell at the start where they weren't quite sure, but I think that run says a lot about the style and how successful it can be. Manning remains focused despite the thrill of the chase, as Saints find themselves with a gap to close down in the promotion race that seems set to break championship records. I'd rather be top, of course, the fullback laughed, but we can only concentrate on ourselves to some extent and make sure we're putting in the three points as often as we possibly can. We just hope that maybe the pressure of us being unbeaten behind the top teams is enough for them to start the wobble. They've done alright so far this season. It might not happen, but as a group, I don't think we can do much more than what we're doing. Hopefully, we capitalise on as few slip-ups as we can and close that gap. The positive atmosphere around the squad will go a long way to achieving those promotion aims, as Manning shares that conversations at Staplewood now centre around one clear goal. Even when the boys are speaking in the change rooms, it's all about trying to get to the top two. I think we go into every game now believing that we can. There'll be games against us where things don't go for us and we do drop points, but we're putting in the performances that we're coming away from frustrated at getting a point rather than being happy with a point. That shows our ambition and where the standards are. Personally, 
The number three in Mate C wants to contribute towards results more, with more offensive outputs. However, like the start of the season form, these things can take time. I had five goals and ten assists last season in the Championship, and I wanted to build on that. But it's not been as fruitful as I would have liked so far. But for me, it's just about trying to contribute to the team in any way I can. If I'm in the squad and we're winning games and we're trying to get promoted, no matter what happens, as long as we get promoted, no one's going to care who scores or assists. I think that's a good attribute to have within our squad. Everyone just wants to help and be a part of it. With 2023 all but completed, an enticing 2024 awaits with Manning established targets, both personally and as one United team. I'm just hoping to get better and improve my performances and start to put numbers together for myself to help the team out and show fans more of what I can do, he says. In the second half of the season, if we can perform even better than we did in the first half, Hopefully, we're in the top two come May. And now, time for the local lowdown. We asked opposition expert Chris Errington, football reporter for Plymouth Live, to preview this evening's encounter from the visitors' point of view. This is Plymouth's first season back in the Championship since 2009-2010. How have they handled the step-up so far? Pretty well, I would say. It's been a very big step-up from League One, even though Argyle picked up 101 points in winning the title last term. Every game has been so intense and they've had to be 100% or very close to it to get any positive results. The Pilgrims have quite a young squad with not too much championship experience within it, so they've been learning as they've gone along. But going into today's game, they are 16th in the table with 28 points from 24 games, so that is a decent position for them to be in. How big of a surprise was the departure of Stephen Schumacher to Stoke last week? And how did the club and fan base view his decision to leave for a team below Argyle in the table? It all happened quite suddenly, but it was probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Everyone at the club had just hoped it would be a bit later. Stephen Schumacher's record at Argyle was outstanding. His 51 victories from 94 league games leaves him with the highest win percentage of any Argyle manager in club history. It was only a matter of time before another club snapped him up. There was definitely widespread disappointment he left for Stoke, a team currently below them in the table, but the Potters have better facilities and financial resources than Argyle to be able to eventually challenge for a place in the Premier League. Since then, Argyle have drawn 3-3 at home to Birmingham and 2-2 away at Cardiff. Has anything changed in the tactical approach post-Schumacher? Director of Football Neil Junesnip has taken interim charge of team duties with long-serving coach Kevin Nanceville. It was very much business as usual against Birmingham in terms of their approach, but for the Boxing Day match at Cardiff, they switched from the 4-3-3 formation, which Schumacher had favoured this season, to a 3-4-3 setup, with the aim of trying to make them more solid defensively, while posing a threat on the counter-attack. Only five of Plymouth's 28 points have come on the road. Why such a contrasting fortunes away from home park? Argyle have made home park a very difficult place for opposition sides to play at. The capacity is only at around 16,500, but there is always a very partisan atmosphere created by the Green Army. They've won 27 of their 35 home league games since the start of the 22-23 season. Their attacking style of play under Schumacher has suited them in front of their fans. Schumacher also tried to stick to those principles for their away games, but they were repeatedly punished for defensive mistakes or lapses in concentration. Which players have impressed so far this season, and who should Saints be wary of? Someone Russell Martin knows well, Morgan Whitaker. The 22-year-old did not get many opportunities at Swansea City under the Saints boss, 
but he's been outstanding for Argyle, both on loan over the first half of last season and then after completing a £1 million transfer, a joint club record in July. He scored 12 championship goals in 23 starts and one substitute appearance this season, and only Sammy Smodix at Blackburn Rovers has more than that. Unloan Aston Villa midfielder Finazaz has come up with valuable goals and assists too. And finally, what do you expect from tonight's game? Sam Hansen will be in buoyant mood after the Boxing Day win against Swansea, so Argyle will be well aware of the size of the task facing them. They will need to try and avoid any of those defensive mistakes and lapses of concentration I mentioned earlier, stay in the game and look to Whitaker to cause Saints some problems on the counter-attack.